This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey everyone, it's Jason, um, broadcasting to you live from the cantina on Tatooine. We thought that the show needs some more interviews, so I'm just going to start by walking around and seeing if um, anyone here can answer a few questions for me. So uh, let's see who we can find. Excuse me, sorry. It's It's a little tight here. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Hammerhead looking dude over there in the corner, so let me get over there. Right, let's see. Uh, oh, excuse me. Excuse me, sir. Can I ask you a couple questions just about the holidays in general? Great. So, um, do you celebrate, you know, Christmas or Life Day or anything like that? I'm sorry. I don't speak your language. Do you know basic? Maybe, maybe this wasn't a good idea because I don't understand what you're saying. Um, I'm sorry. You, you have a good life day. Merry Christmas, whatever. And I'm just going to get on a, out of here and we can start the show. This is the way. We want it, Ben. another edition of the smugglers galaxy podcast this week i've got some very special collectors joining me we're going to be doing a year in review of 2020 and i've got jason with me i've got tony narayan david justin and we're all going to kind of just go through uh, jason's got some questions he's going to ask these guys and we'll have an hour or so we'll Shoot the shit with them and and have a good time. Jason, how you doing this morning? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Good. I'm excited about this episode. Yeah, we've got a lot of great collectors here. Yeah, it has. It's been in the works for a couple of weeks, and it's uh, finally here. So let's let's get into it, man. So let's go go alphabetically and introduce everyone and and just talk briefly about what you collect. Uh, Justin, you're first. Justin, what do you collect? First off, morning, guys. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, what do I collect? Man, a little bit of everything. Uh, <laughs> uh, my focus collections uh, primarily are uh, Han and Leia items, uh, focusing on the original character, uh, original characters, and then also get into Emperor stuff. Outside of that, little modern pre-production, cast and crew items, posters, kind of just across the board. But primarily, uh, most people recognize me as a Han and Leia collector uh, with my wife, and then also dabbling in the Emperor. So that's about it. Well, thank you for being here today. Tony? Hey, um, Tony Johnson. Um, I, uh, I collect uh, vintage and modern. Um, 
my vintage focus is mostly uh, pre-Empire uh, relating you know, to production items. I haven't made that leap to uh, pre-Pro. Um, um, I had a lot of fascination with the mini catalogs. Uh, so I kind of try to, I'm currently trying to build, you know, the contents of a catalog, you know, as part of my collection. Um, I also do a bit of micro collection, um, like everyone is nowadays. Um, and, um, and then as far as my, uh, my modern focus goes, that's mo mostly around Black Series. Awesome. Well, thank you. Narayan? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Um, vintage and modern. Um, for vintage, um, Power of the Force, including coins, uh, and focus collections on Boba Fett, Yoda, and Luke Jedi. Uh, also Darth Vader collectors and Darth Vader collector cases, vinyl cases, and modern, uh, mainly um, Mandalorian items um, and um, Black Series as well. I mean, I collected quite a bit of modern, but that's what I'm collecting right now. Great. And last but not least, David. I'm Dave. Uh, so I collect uh, vintage and modern. And for the vintage stuff, uh, I mainly focus on the carded vintage uh, figures, uh, spanning everything from Star Wars to Power of the Force. And, um, and then for, for modern right now, uh, I collect everything from about 2008 for the, the, the uh, Clone Wars series all the way up to, um, to and through the Black Series collection. Uh, and I, I collect pre-production for that. Um, and I'd say I'm having a pretty good year so far because my main foci are uh, Ahsoka and Luke Jedi. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Getting into it, you know, 2020 was a crap year for most of us. You know, there was a meme at the start of the year about, you know, how great 2020 was going to be. And then it just turned to be a dumpster fire with quarantines and, you know, actual fires in Australia and in California. So, you know, what was special about 2020 related to Star Wars? for you guys? Well, I, I think the Mandalorian, right, really uh, revitalized a lot of people's passion. Just, um, you know, I mean, some just brought them back to that love of Star Wars that they've been missing for a while. And then, you know, for others, re reignited their collecting. We got quite a few focus collectors here, like David said, that are pretty happy, but between Narayan and himself, you know, Ahsoka, Boba Fett, um, the baby, you know, tying into Yoda, I guess. Um, so. I mean, I think first and foremost, The Mandalorian was just a pretty epic thing for 2020. Yeah, and then the beginning of the year, The Clone Wars, you know, that yes. it, yeah. it was kind of a huge, you know, huge tent poles at the start and the end of the year. Uh, and then the expansion of the universe with all the announcements, um, you know, all the new shows recently announced, as well as the, uh, the uh, is it The High Republic? Yes. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that that whole huge media play, I guess, that they're going to do coming soon. Yeah, that's coming out in a couple of weeks. That's going to be pretty cool because uh, it's, it's basically it's two to three hundred years before any before uh, Attack of the Clones. So, so or, I'm sorry, Phantom Menace. So it's going to it's an era we've never seen before. And it's it's basically going to be the dawn of the Jedi, which is should be pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, I, I, and I do have to admit. Dave Filoni saved 2020. <laughs> I would say that. Go ahead, agree Dave. With you guys already have said. Um, 
more from a collector's point of view, um, I don't know, it was an interesting year. I think kind of collectors found new ways to connect with each other, um, new and different ways than we had before, probably had to be more creative, um, as well as obviously deal or no deal um, was a big thing early on in the quarantine, still is. Um, but, you know, that, that was a group that was really nowhere before this, and it's become like one of the main traffic groups. So, um, but also the club. Um, I think this has been an incredible year and kind of unexpectedly um, to some degree. Um, you know, we have big plans for this year, obviously, with, you know, it's a bunch of the, of the, uh, the meetings and the, um, and celebration obviously was, was being planned. But even despite all that, I think it was a really successful year for the club. Yep. Go ahead, David. Uh, and to piggyback off of what Narayan said, um, I think the year posed a question to us as what, what actually matters. Uh, and I, I think we as collectors and as friends had to answer that uh, and, and find interesting ways to do so. Um, I, I think it changed it changed the way that we collect in a lot of ways. Um, at the beginning of the pandemic, we had people that were sharing uh, videos, hour-long videos of their collection um, and, and explaining what, what the pieces were and basically letting us into their homes. And a lot of people had never done that before. Um, and then with Deal or No Deal, as Narayan said, um, I, I think it changed collecting for a lot of people because it introduced a lot of pieces that had never that were never made public before. And then at the same time, uh, we had a lot of people who were on the vintage side who started collecting modern and maybe those who were modern starting to dip into the vintage stuff, especially with, you know, shows like the Mandalorian. Um, so it, I, I don't think our collecting has changed or I, I think if it's changed, it's, it's gotten, it's gotten stronger. Um, but I think we had to kind of look inward and, and figure out what is our collections what do our collections look like? What, what does collecting look like in 2020? Um, and, and how do we all stay together? So I thought it was a beautiful thing. Yeah, I've met so many different people because of 2020, because of these virtual chats. I've met people from all over the globe. It's just been really cool to kind of expand my um, you know, collector friends because of quarantine. Mm-hmm. I think at quarantine and with the with Zoom and everything, it, it 2020 kind of was the the was meant to keep us apart, but it's brought us closer together with all the virtual stuff and, and everybody jumping on the Zoom thing real fast. And we're already kind of on that train, like David was saying, with the virtual um, tours and stuff. And we just kind of as a club, we took that and kind of ran with it. And uh, other clubs are doing it and you were seeing stuff in people's collections that you, you think you'd never see uh, and then made friendships you think you'd never make because of, you know, everybody stuck in their house and, and uh, we were with, through Zoom meetings and Zoom meetups on Saturdays. Yeah, especially uh, within the club, um, the Zoom meetings, um, we've gone from, you know, uh, monthly meetups in person to not getting them to basically we have a weekly meetup with people from all over the country now. It's almost like a mini con or something yeah every saturday yeah I, I will say during quarantine i mean i've i've become extremely close friends with people that prior to to 2020 were just maybe acquaintances you know um 
uh, as, I, as I said, as a Leia focus collector, I've gotten uh, to know some other Leia focus collectors as well. We've been helping each other out um, quite a bit. Um, just, you know, the Zoom meetings once a week or other clubs doing Zoom meetings once a month and joining in on those or the international Zoom meetings that have been popping up has been a whole lot of fun. Uh, it's, uh, it's really brought us all together in, in a unique and different way. And, and I'm really looking forward to the time we can all get back together in person and, and uh, these friendships will really, you know, bl blossom even more, but it, it has been, you know, it, it's been challenging, but I think we've done, done a good thing and done the best we could uh, with what we were given. And, and I, I hope it continues to go. I, I hope everybody's getting comfortable with zoom and we can continue to do these even once the in-person meetings, uh, are, are available you know this is a really good way to get together with people all across the country and across the world so. yeah definitely that would be a shame if you know quarantine ended and we're free to go out and do our stuff and we, we stop seeing each other that'd be that'd be horrible but narayan you brought up deal or no deal and i was trying to find a, an angle about deal or no deal because it was such uh, a, a big thing at the start of quarantine and i, I was kind of thinking it was a reaction to everybody being closed up you know you know how do you release that energy that you would normally have just living your life and i think people were kind of channeling that through deal or no deal so going forward i was curious what everyone thought about about a, a deal or no deal is it here to stay or is it just a distraction for a few months because people are still posting to it but a lot of those big ticket items are kind of disappeared from that channel I mean, there was a there was a pre-production Lando there that I think I saw go up to sixteen thousand that never sold, and I don't think we're going to see that kind of posting again. Yeah, I mean, deal or no deal is quite the phenomenon there at the beginning, and and I think you're right. It, it I mean, that group had been around for at least over a year, maybe two years prior to the pandemic, and had very little traction. Um, Mark Mark Vanis, uh, you know, he really got on board early on, posted up some some cool pieces and. And then that kind of snowballed and, and everybody got into it. And it, it has dipped quite a bit. I think the quality of items or there seemed to be much more of like a friendly atmosphere there in the beginning. You know, it was um, more about, you know, people stepping out of the way so that the right person could get the item and the, the, the sellers weren't necessarily gouging as much as they could. And you've kind of seen a shift in that. And it's the group's grown, obviously, exponentially since then. Um, it seems to me there's there's a lot less of a of a community focus there and now it's just people can't move stuff other places so they're bringing it here and they still want that top dollar or they want more than that um so that is kind of a shame but i, I think deal or no deal is going to stick around because it is a good avenue for items that you don't quite know the worth on you know there's a lot of stuff out there you can't just go track ebay or you can't search through facebook and find prior sold listings you know you just you might have a number in mind, but you're not quite sure, right? Um, so, so I think that avenue, I'm actually surprised some of the other groups haven't just taken that format on and allowed it in their group as well to, to you know, kind of make offers. It's, it's a comfortable thing for the seller and the buyer, I believe. I mean, if, you know, let's say it's a $500 item and, and you don't quite think it's worth that, you know, if, as, the, as the buyer, if you just want to throw 350 out there and see if you get lucky. And as a seller you never have to take the deal. So it's not like an auction where you have to sell the item, but you know, sometimes the, the right number comes along and it makes you move it. So I think deal or no deal is here to stay. And as most of uh, you guys know, I've had a lot of fun buying and selling on there since the pandemic started. So. 
Yeah, the thing I like about Deal or No Deal is you're as a as a seller, you're in control. So uh, you know if, you, if you've got a number in mind or whatever, or if you know, hey, that guy's right down the street from me, and I don't have to ship this big huge item, I can sell it for less money to him down the street, and we'll meet up and and be done with it. And then I don't have to deal with PayPal. I don't have to deal with you know the fees of shipping and the fees of PayPal. That's that's what I liked about Deal or No Deal. And in the beginning, you definitely did see the weird the weird stuff that you've never seen anywhere else. You know, you had the the big guys, the big guns are throwing stuff out uh, on there. And every now and again, they still do. But it's not like it was in the beginning, like Justin was saying. Yeah, I, I agree with what you just said. I think the only it, it's definitely here to stay. I just think the frequency of items going up since as you know, as things start to ease up eventually with this vaccine and everything that, you know, not everyone's going to be at home, you know, having nothing else to do some, at some point. Um, so it'll, I think that just the frequency of items going up, uh, uh, and how many people were involved, um, were, um, will probably shrink slightly, but I think it'll still be here. The format was definitely a successful one. It'll here to stay. Yeah. And I've noticed a couple of peaks during the quarantine, you know, it was really hot to begin with. Uh, and then it, it, I guess it, it sort of, I don't know if I would call it died down, but you know, there were some more pedestrian items that showed up and then you know the modern pre-pro got like super hot for for a month so you know i can kind of see it maybe ebbing and flowing and possibly i'm curious what will happen after you know once we start having you know conventions uh if you know interesting things are going to pop up you know post convention that people didn't manage to sell there so yeah but it's definitely here to stay I did an episode, a podcast episode um, on Deal or No Deal, <clears throat> excuse me, on, on Deal or No Deal, on the, uh, the, the essentially the history of it uh, from the time going into the quarantine until about Labor Day. And um, it was really interesting because it, it seemed like for every, you know, we when we think of Deal or No Deal, we think of the big pieces that had sold, especially early on. And uh, it seemed like you know, there were so many big pieces every day. There was something else new or, or a few other items that were coming out that were, that were, um, that had never been seen before or that people were really losing their minds over. And it was, it, the, it was really intense uh, in a really joyous way. And then when I looked into it, it seemed like for every one of those items, there were maybe 10 to 15 items that were $200 or less. Um, but I had started to, I, I tracked it each month to see kind of, you know, what pieces were coming out, um, what, which uh, sellers and collectors uh, were offering pieces. And, you know, really the heyday seemed to be, I guess, between May and, and about July, August, like that. And then um, on August, I think it was August 30th, uh, a seller had basically put up four clear bubble carded figures um, that, that he basically had purchased two days before. Uh, and, and as I was finishing the episode, um, I was talking about how, you know, that this, it was like a train that just wasn't stopping and it was, you know, really ramping up and everything. And I, I started with, with that sale, I, um, I tracked the sale onto eBay. Um, and I don't even know if the seller had items in his possession at that point. Right. But he had, he had put those up. Um, they just bought them, basically flipped them. And I looked and I said, I think this is sort of the beginning of the end as far as the, the, the rush, you know, during that time. 
Um, and if you really look, it, it started to die down right around that time between the end of August and September. Um, and I think it was because a lot of people saw that it was this great, you know, avenue to, to sell and to make money. And I think you started to see kind of a, a diluting of the, the product and the offering. And some of the, the bigger sellers, bigger collectors had stepped away at that point. Uh, fortunately, we're starting to see some of the bigger sellers uh, come back, especially this week. Um, we've had someone even like Jeffrey Coe, uh, you know, who's, who's been offering some, some great pieces as he goes through uh, his collection and, and, and thins down. Um, and then, you know, we've had people like Brandon Vise and Ron Salvatore, you know, kind of come back into the mix a little bit and offer some pieces uh, leading into the holidays. So it's been an interesting, really interesting ride for uh, a, a group like that, that just turned into the, the center of our uh, collecting world for a while. Yeah. I think David brings up uh, a bunch of points there that <clears throat> it started out and I kind of mentioned as well, it felt more like a community of family. I kind of knew just about everybody in there that was posting and like, you know, it was pretty cordial and all the items that were coming up were pretty interesting and unique. And like David said, you started to see people no noticing, you started to see sellers noticing that there was money to be made. So you started seeing like, you know, items that were just pulled off a Walmart shelf and, and, you know, they're asking double, triple the, you know, and that just starts to, I mean, to me, it's it started to get kind of negative. Um, and, and you did, you saw a lot of people step away, but it's, it's been a pretty good couple of weeks here recently. Like David said, uh, Tracy Hamilton is another one that's been posting a lot here recently. So uh, Tracy and Bill, I think have been posting, but so, you know, when you see those guys that don't typically sell stuff, um, that's when it gets interesting. And I wanted to point out something that David had a big hand in and, and so did Anthony Fagano, um, the prototype weekends. And I think that's something you, you don't get in other clubs, right? With deal or no deal, it's nice that it can be modern, vintage, all that stuff. So so David and Anthony have done, um, basically they would set a, set a weekend and they kind of hit up all the main uh, modern pre-production guys and go, hey, if you've got anything to sell, we're really trying to flood the page this weekend. And we, David, I think we did that three or four times, right? Over the course of uh, the pandemic. Yeah, Justin, I, I would say uh, really a, a lot of that comes down to you because you were the one who, you know, who posted the the image and, and got people, you know, riled up in, in the best way, uh, you know, to uh, to make it to make it a thing. Um, and that first one was so successful that it really ran through the month of July. Um, and that that's amazing, to, you know, to have a modern prototype <laughs> weekend like that. So, yeah, cheers to you. It was awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think it was great. And I think that's something to deal or no deal. I think that's a way it can continue. I mean, it doesn't have to keep being modern prototypes. I mean, have a G.I. Joe weekend, have a whatever. Um, but I think if they would really focus on that a little bit, you know, you get people excited for a weekend, and especially post-pandemic when we are out with spending time with our friends and families and traveling. If you go, hey, next month, you know, this weekend, we're going to really focus on these items. If you've got stuff to sell, make sure you post them up. You know, that'll be a weekend. I'm glued to my phone again. So uh, I think it's got some staying power for sure. Awesome. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to think of what to say because you know, I'm not a pre-production collector, but it was certainly fun to watch um, those things go up for sale and, and see those, the colors, the different styles the, to learn what a first shot is versus a pre-production item versus a sample you know, I learned a lot through Deal or No Deal over the summer, so it was really cool to watch everyone get excited. It was it was fun to watch people get the pieces that they really wanted. Um, so it was certainly entertaining, um, even if you weren't able to participate and buy. 
but uh you know the other thing that happened this summer um celebration was canceled because it's just not safe for everyone so i think a lot of the energy and a lot of the excitement people had for celebration was kind of channeled to our summer social and so i would like to start with narayan and just talk about how that came to be and and glenn and, and justin you guys were part of the planners there so you can offer your perspective just can you talk a little bit about how the summer social came about uh sure i'll start um honestly i think um around the time i think we decided to cancel the you know, the in-person social, I just threw out an idea, I think, to, I don't know if it was on a Zoom chat or maybe a call with Justin or wherever, like, you know, maybe we'll consider something doing, you know, virtually something that, you know, we don't know exactly how it's going to be, but we'll see how it could run. Um, and, I, and I'm not sure how seriously we took it at that point, but I think that was kind of the earliest rumblings of it. And I know um, probably after that, I think that I think Justin really took took um, took up the reins, and I think got Mark involved, and he could probably talk more about that from there. Uh, but I remember him coming back about a month later when I was on vacation, talking to me about it, and uh, I think that's where it really started to ramp up. Yeah, Narayan, I think yeah, there were just you know just some, some whisperings about it. We kind of were throwing the idea around, and I think for myself, I said if we're going to do this, let's do it big, right? Um, I reached out to some other clubs, saw if anybody else was trying to plan anything major. Nobody was. <clears throat> and it was really Mark Ruciano. Without him, I, I don't think I really wanted to go forward. If we were going to do something, I said, let's do it big. Let's do it as big as we can. For those of you that are listening and don't know, Mark Ruciano is a producer for his day job. He works for the NFL and various other um, television programs and, and features. So <clears throat> when, when Mark came on and, and was willing to volunteer his time, that really kind of opened the doors wide open and at that point it was um you know we, we've the clubs wanted to do it you know glenn ryan uh both jasons all the moderators for our club all said they were willing to to help out with their time now we've got mark on board and from there the ball just started rolling and it was what you know reaching out to, to friends david quinn we reached out to him he was one to help out you know almost everybody i approached um was willing to to give their time you know got gus lopez on board we got the guys from the engineering and empire book um, got some, some Kenner toy designers. I mean, everybody was willing to, to give their time. And, um, yeah, it, it, we put on a, a massive event. <laughs> it was, it was a lot of work. It was a lot of fun though. Yeah. I just, it pretty much just started as a, an idea like, uh, Justin and their, and Narayan are saying, and it, it just blossomed into, you know, if we're going to do it, let's do it right. And let's do it big. And it, blew into a three-day event um of awesomeness <laughs> i didn't think we'd be able to pull it off but we did i mean it it was just incredible that uh, you know and and it, it was a much needed thing and uh in in the community because we had a lot of people from all over the country that were were getting into it and um yeah i think it was a perfect the perfect storm of everybody needing something and we Justin and the Ryan had the idea and, and just kind of ran with it, which was incredible. Yeah. So David, you had a podcast, a live podcast. And can you talk a little bit about your pre-planning for that and how you felt it was successful or maybe not successful? I think it was a success because you had great guests. Uh, sure. It was. So 
I was one of the outsiders in a way. I mean, you guys really had had planned uh, this event. And so for, from an outsider's perspective, um, it is one of the high marks of the entire year. Um, I, I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it before. You know, again, it was three days of, of panels and it was, it was things like looking at, you know, Gus Lopez's collection uh, hosted by Blake Morgan, who's one of the, you know, younger collectors that, that have really come in and really come in strong, um, you know, and, and conversations uh, with, with Ben and Tom, uh, Tom Derby and um, uh, Ben Sheehan, uh, you know, who are longtime collectors and, and who are really kind of stalwarts in the hobby as well too. And, and just hearing, you know, hearing their, their views on collecting and, um, it was it was so rich with, with information and, and so rich with uh, just connection uh, that, you know, to me, when I think back on 2020, your event, or I guess our event is, is going to, to be one of those that always, you know, sticks in, into my heart. Um, so when I was planning this, uh, I had, I was trying to think of something to do as a podcast panel um, that, that wouldn't be done, right? That wouldn't overlap with any of the other offerings and I wanted to, to do it from a certain angle that I thought would be interesting. But for me, really, um, the idea in my head about, you know, pulling in uh, a group of friends and then having each one talk about his or her area of, of focus uh, within the hobby and explaining what those trends are. Um, you know, uh, certain items have become very, uh, very popular and very desirable during the quarantine and I thought it'd be interesting to give people an update of of why certain items were popular uh and again where the where the trends were in the, in the hobby um so we we did that and in a lot of ways too it was maybe selfishly like an excuse just to hang out with a group of friends and to do a project and a mini project within this larger project together uh and Jason you were one of them um somebody that I've really gotten to know during this year and what I was astounded by what you brought to it. Uh, and, and I just, I was just amazed at the way that, that you uh, worked on it and, and how seriously also everyone took it. Um, and I think we delivered a, a pretty, pretty cool product. Um, I will say, uh, so, um, so that was a few months ago. And uh, yesterday uh, I received a package and when I opened it, it was, uh, I'll show it on, video i guess just to explain what it is but um got it i'll explain it so um so this came from from you jason from trent from anthony uh from elling from uh clifton boggs from uh my friend ryan who's known as humble hoarder on ebay uh chris letty and uh anthony pagano uh i'm trying to read the frame so hopefully i didn't miss anybody but um it's the end credits uh, and, and this is this is truly how special uh, this event was um, that um, in our group, uh, Trent took a, a, a cap of the of the end credits after the uh, the event had ended. And and then uh, you, you guys basically um, I, I don't know exactly how it all worked, but I believe Trent sent this around to, to each of you and, and each of you signed it. So this went to Canada, <laughs> it went to Alabama, it went you know, to Georgia and Connecticut and Ohio and, and, uh, and each person signed it. Uh, and so receiving that yesterday, I mean, to me that that's, I was saying to somebody, we collect uh, because those, those pieces that we collect are um, tangible souvenirs 
of intangible emotional moments. Uh, that's why we collect Star Wars stuff because we have that, that connection. And for me, when I receive this, it's one of the greatest presents I've ever received because it is a tangible moment of friendship. It's a tangible moment of an experience that we had over the summer together as a group doing a, a podcast panel, you know, that, that turned into something immensely more, you know, and I, I love each and every single one of you. And I love each and every single one of you who put this, this thing together. And I feel like uh, as a group, we just, we all became stronger, you know, and, and tighter afterwards. And I can't wait for that moment where we can be together in person. So Jason and everybody else, thank you. Yeah, that was Trent's idea, but that's been in the making since August. So it's been going around slowly. And I was afraid you weren't going to get it before Christmas because of what's going on with USPS. But I'm glad you got that. So thank you again for including us on the panel. No, thank you. I can't tell you how much it touched my heart. And, um, you know, I, I haven't been able to, as I said, I, I just got it. So I, I, I wanted to um, to contact all of you and to say it. But I thought this would be a fitting place to, to mention it as well, too, because we're yeah. talking about it. But again... Is, uh, something like a, a podcast panel idea turned into something like this and 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 this weekend you know this idea of getting friends together over a weekend and doing these cool panels and exploring you know different topics within the, the star wars collecting world turned into something that for me i'll never forget so really thank thank you all for you know having the foresight to put it together again you said mark as well for for producing it uh and just making an experience that we we really needed as a group Definitely. And, and Tony, you had the perspective of, of an audience member of a Georgia Alliance of Star Wars Collectors Club member. You know, what was your experience during that weekend? What were some of your favorite panels? Um, well, first of all, two words, sexy time. Uh, the little <laughs> video bumpers uh, with the various figures were uh, fantastic. And uh, uh, yeah, they, those were great. Um, and then panel-wise, I think the uh, the Kenner and Friends was probably one of the most enjoyable panels um, you guys did with um, it was Jim Swearingen and Tim Effler and I can't the, the uh, third the third Douglas Miller D Doug Miller was the third Doug Miller Doug Miller mm -hmm. uh, I mean that was great and then Jim's story about um, uh, going to LA and getting like the full classic Universal Studios. Uh, experience, you know, complete with the commissary and Trojans eating at the next table and going to see the dailies and it was just flashes of light and everyone was like, this looks great. Uh, and being completely confused by the whole moment was uh, was just fantastic. Um, and then, you know, the engineering and empire. Um, a similar thing. Uh, you know, the, th those panels were really incredible and it was so surprising that that you know, we as or the club, you know, put those together. I mean, not that surprising, but not unexpected, I guess, for a uh, for an event. Yeah, that didn't that didn't get put together that easily. By the way, it was uh, <laughs> it was it was a lot of work. It looked effortless. <laughs> it was quite a bit of work, but um, I think I already said, you know, almost everybody was willing. It was really just trying to get everybody's schedules together. Uh, but the support we got from everybody, Dave Quinn, all the, the guests, the panelists, um, even the club people that, that helped plan it and coordinate it, uh, everybody was on board. And it was uh, <clears throat> a lot of hard work, but I really think it paid off. I, I really, it, it's going to be one of the highlights of my collecting life, not just this year, uh, being able to put that on. Uh, so I just want to say thank you. 
um, to, to all you guys listening that were in, um, the, the outreach we got, you know, messages from people thanking us, you know, they'd been having a bad pandemic so far and it was just something to look forward to. And, and uh, you know, just a nice weekend for them to enjoy, to, to, you know, get, get the love back in the community and get their love of the hobby back. Uh, you know, we just got a lot of messages and, and we really loved all of that. So a lot of work, but I think it really paid off and it was a ton of fun. And speaking of that Kenners and Friends um, panel, I, I want to ask a little bit about what it was like to interview those people, because as a spectator watching it, I could see on your face, Justin, and, and I don't know you incredibly well. We're, you know, we've only met a handful of times. We talk, you know, every other weekend on these chats that we do in the club. But you looked like a kid on Christmas morning. You were in such wonder. Like these were the superstars of the hobby. You know, is that what you were feeling? And can you talk a little bit more specifically about that panel? Yeah, I think I like blocked out through the whole thing. It was like such a, a high of just like, you know, I, I was really trying to ground myself because I knew that this was going to be a panel that a lot of people were going to go back to and, and rewatch. And um, I knew a lot of people were going to be tuning in. And I, to be honest, I just really didn't want to mess up. I was terrified that I was going to stumble or um, sound stupid or, or, or whatever. And um, to be honest, it was just like a blur. Like, I mean, I couldn't tell you how long that panel is. It felt like it was like two minutes because it just like felt like it came and, and was gone. Um, but yeah, absolutely outstanding. I mean, that's, um, you know, poured our heart and soul into collecting these toys for so many years, for decades now. And um, to be able to just talk to the guys that, you know, are responsible for all that. And I mean, how great were they? I mean, it was effortless to talk to them. You know, it was not difficult at all. I mean, they were so open with sharing and everything. I think that chat could have gone on another two to three hours. Had we not had a schedule there, I would have just let those guys go. Cause I mean, they were really getting the ball rolling there, you know, about halfway through. And I mean, they started to just bounce off of each other. It was, uh, you know, within the, the, the virtual social, that's going to be a highlight of my entire collecting life. Uh, that specific panel is far and away you know that's the one that i'm always going to remember and just be thankful i was i was willing to you know i was able to be a part of it so. i think one of the key things to remember too you know going through this the 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 things that we do now uh or, or the things that the events that happen now i should say are are done by our friends and to me that is the most mind-blowing amazing thing you know, looking at this, at, at the Georgia Social, uh, again, a whole weekend of amazing stuff that was, you know, written, uh, planned by our friends, produced by our friends, uh, in, you know, hosted by our friends. And you just look at that and you go, oh my gosh, if, if something like this could happen during a pandemic, we as a, as a community or we as a group of friends can do anything. Uh, and, and for me, that was the biggest takeaway where it was like, okay, let's, let's start to, to dream bigger now because we, we did that. It was like uh, when the Empire State Club did the annual, um, you know, New York had hosted uh, the, um, the NICE event, which was, um, it stood for uh, the International Collectors event uh, the year before. And they looked at that and they said, okay, if we were able to do this, we can do our own. Uh, and so they, they leveled up in a way. And I think you guys did that, you know, as, as the Georgia group, you, 
we did that immensely, you know, in a, in a really cool way. And now I can't wait to see what comes next from there. So again, it's, it's our friends who did this, you know, and that, yeah. that's a, a blessing. K- kudos to the, the empire club. Yeah. I think without uh, myself and Ryan, Blake, my wife, uh, Trent, um, I mean, obviously there were a lot of people there, but you know, we made the trip up and, and without going to that annual event, I mean, that, that event right there, we looked at the podcast you did, David, during that event, um, at the retrospective of the empire club. And we all talked right after and said, man, you know, we want to be there one day, right? Like we want these great memories to look back on and, and seeing, um, everybody involved with the annual and how much effort they put in, you know, we were talking like, man, we could do this, right? Like we've got enough club members that are vested that like, you know, we could put something like this on and, um, the pandemic hit, right. And, and, and we had had big plans, but we, we, we kind of refocused our attention towards that virtual event. And I, I think it really paid off, but kudos, the empire club was respond, you know, without going to that annual, like we wouldn't have started dreaming so big. Yeah, Narayan, are, are we going to see a sequel? Are we going to see the summer social strikes back? Are we going to see more back to tank? <laughs> oh, I hope so. Um, you know, our, we had big plans for the summer social as a live event as well. Um, but uh, you know what? I think, honestly, this club has shown how creative it is, uh, even under the most incredible circumstances. So you know what it's um it's it's been an incredible journey and it's not over and uh look it's only it's only going to get better from here um every year that this club's around we make more and more connections with with the collecting community at large and look the virtual social is an outgrowth of those connections that we made over the first couple years uh, including the annual was obviously a big push for us um, to, and I don't think if we had not gone to that annual, I'm not sure the virtual social would have actually happened to be honest. Um, and everything built on each other. So certainly the stuff that we've done this year, it's going to, you know, it's going to build on more stuff going forward in the future. So absolutely. Yeah. It's tough to measure metrics for the success of a project like that, but from my point of view, as the Friday night started, you guys were live and I'm a moderator in the group and we were, and Mark, bless his heart. He, he posted the, 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 the original link in the wrong place. He posted it in the group, the group on Facebook, which is a closed group. And we were inundated with requests to join the Georgia Alliance page. Um, and I just knew right then and there that this thing was going to be a success that a lot of people were tuning in. A lot of energy was you know, being channeled into this. And so again, kudos to everybody who, who put this on and it was just an amazing event. So uh, yeah, thank you for, for doing it. And I've got to say, Jason, um, you were a huge part behind the scenes as well. So I, I know, um, I think, you know, a lot of people may not realize that, but a lot of the production in the background, you had a huge part in. So, uh, you know, I think we, we definitely need to give credit where credit's due. And, um, you know, I think well, you were a huge part of this event as well. So. Thank, thank you. I have a face for the background. So that's where I prefer to be making those videos and bumpers. <laughs> um, 
Uh, kind of moving forward here, uh, we've kind of focused on the summer social a lot. Uh, Tony, you know, what was some of your favorite things that you picked up during quarantine? You mentioned that you're starting to get into the micro collection. Was that a result of the quarantine and, you know, trying to find new things to do? Um, no, really, the micro collection is something. It was one of my favorite things as a kid. And I, you know, I have the whole collection loose from my childhood, pretty much. You know, surprisingly, I lose all the guns from the three and three quarter figures, but I have all of my micro collection stuff. Um, you know, uh, for 2020, I kind of started the year out and I made a list of, you know, here's like three big things that I want to chase. Uh, and I guess mid-January, I got one of the biggest things. And then the, uh, the quarantine hit. <laughs> uh, so I kind of refocused. Um, and, you know, I... Uh, transparencies were uh, kind of a big thing another deal or no deal kind of thing that seemed to make them super popular so uh, I, I picked up a tie bomber um, the 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 negative um, of the packaging that appears you know underneath the uh, the blister I picked up a negative of that that's probably one of my favorite things um, uh, and of course the big thing I got was the uh, cantina set um, with boxes of all four of the figures. Um, and then, you know, um, more recently, uh, tied to deal or no deal, I've started kind of picking up some paper stuff. Um, I bought a set of lobby cards for Star Wars on deal or no deal. And then I picked up, you know, the Empire and Return of the Jedi cards uh, at an auction. And I've kind of been doing a little, um, a lot of poster stuff, a lot of paper recently yeah and you just won a poster with the winter social so congratulations that is true <laughs> um and and everyone else you know i don't want you to say anything that you don't feel comfortable talking about because i know some collectors have big pieces and they want to keep that private but you know what were some of your favorite your, your favorite pickups and did any of your focuses change or enhance because of the quarantine yeah, I mean, Deal or No Deal um, really expanded my modern pre-production focus. I, I, I went, you know, kind of all in there for a bit. So I've put together a pretty fun run of prequel trilogy stuff, mainly just or all just uh, first shots and some proof cards. But, you know, Deal or No Deal is is a finicky thing. And, and sometimes there's some really good pricing out there, you know, especially in the beginning, um, modern stuff has grown a lot because of, of deal or no deal, but it's a, it's a pretty approachable thing to get into. <clears throat> so, so for me really just uh, expanding my modern pre-production stuff, no, no one key piece really stands out, but that I would say has taken up a lot of my time um, in 2020. And it's been a whole lot of fun uh, just to add to it and add some of the funky pieces and the funky colors and, um, you know, still trying to get the display worked out just right. But, uh, but I've been having a lot of fun with modern pre-production this year. And it's been a good way to keep my mind off of, you know, the real world, which is kind of why I like to collect, you know, to escape. So um, <laughs> I, I was talking to a friend recently and um, he and I were, were talking about collecting during this past year in the quarantine. And we were kind of dancing around it and we, we, we fully acknowledged that this year has been a rough one. Uh, and then we were sort of like, well, but it's been really good for collecting. It's been one of the best years uh, as far as pieces becoming available um, and just, you know, as far as additions. Um, 
So uh, I was able to pick up in the, in the middle of the year or during the summer, um, my first soak of first shot uh, in three years. And, you know, to go, to be a focus collector and to go three years without being able to really add a pre-production piece um, is, is somewhat frustrating, but at the same time, it makes sense. There's just not a lot of stuff out there. And um, so doing it through deal or no deal and through the community, um, you know, it was, it was a, a, it was much more than a simple transaction, but uh, you know, it was, it was put together by, by a few friends as well um, who had really made things possible and it helped. And um, so some of the, some of these collecting stories are, are nice because they're, they're more than just this person offered this and I bought it. Um, it's something again, that I'll never forget. And it, it's a bright spot on, you know, what, what has been, uh, you know, kind of a rougher year. Um, but yeah, I've, for me, fortunately, so I collect, as I said, I collect uh, Clone Wars, um, Force Awakens, Rogue One, Star Wars Rebels, um, Black Series. <laughs> so I've been able to add uh, a number of pieces to to those different runs, uh, some of which are, are really hard because there's just not a lot of stuff out there. Um, and so I've been able to get, you know, some, some pieces that I would label as Grail pieces. Um, and then one of the things that that happened during this quarantine that has been interesting from my perspective is um, I've had to, it, it's kind of forced me to think outside the box, you know, when certain items I've had the time to reflect and sit down and say, okay, maybe this isn't available right now, but what else is there out there that's, 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 you know, worth collecting that that's worth hunting. You know, part of, part of what we do each year is to go to, to shows and conventions and, you know, collectors homes and, um, uh, you know, meeting with dealers and, and, and truly, you know, hunting, right. And, and networking and, and finding pieces and helping others and, you know, having, having friends help us. And we were able to do that from home. Uh, we just had to change some of the ways that, that, that we hunted. And, and to me, it made it a very interesting one and it, it kind of broadened, um, not necessarily my focus, but just the way that I would approach uh, looking for pieces and, and you know, expanding, expanding the, the ranges of, of, of hunting, which was fun. Yeah, this, this year's, it, it's been cra a crazy year for me because, you know, we all have that list. Um, and I checked everything off my list because of three of these guys sitting in this chat right now. Um, you know, I, I do, and it's just, it's been cra a crazy year because um, there's stuff that I've been hunting for two and three years that shook out this year. Uh, you know, like the, the plastic Burger King glasses, I've been hunting those for two years, which are, are you know, exclusive to Massachusetts and a, uh, a weird law. They had to make plastic versus glass and, and make a uh, long story short. Um, I saw three or four of those sets come out, shake out this year. It's just, it's been that crazy of a year. Uh, and I've been hunting them for two years and, and, um, you know, thankfully, you know, through David's generosity, I was able to get a, another piece that I've been hunting for, for two years, which to me, just icing on the cake for this year. Um, and it, it was a very special moment. And, and I thank you, David, for that again. Um, and so, yeah, this. It wouldn't be an episode of the Smokers <laughs> Galaxy podcast without Glenn getting teared up. Yeah, it, it, that's how special all this. There's Tony laughing, but yeah, you, everybody listens to hear me tear up, and 
it, it just it was that special of a year and i'll remember it just because it 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 was that crazy um and then that 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 much stuff just shook loose and it, it, it you know everybody said oh cons were and a lot of toy shows were canceled and a lot of that you have money set aside that you're going to these toy shows and then when those things cancel you have a war chest basically uh to be able to purchase items as they come come up so thankfully and unthankfully because of stuff getting canceled i was able to have the money to purchase stuff when it shook out so that's sort of my my year and Orion, you you're the, you're the swag king. Was there any cool swag that you love picking up, or anything that you acquired on Deal and No Deal that you um, got in 2020? Um, yeah, if we're just talking about swag or just collecting in general, but um, well, we'll either one swag, but um, yeah, a lot of um, yeah, not not something I would have expected to be picking up on Deal or No Deal, or even in the groups themselves. Um, but yeah, a lot of great um, kind of early um, collecting track swag, uh, kind of the sponsor items, which normally would never go on sale or even you know come up for sale because people, those are precious mementos for a lot of people. Um, so I was able to pick up some of those. A lot of you know uh, international collector events, ice events swag, which you know never been to one of those before, but. I love the stuff they've made for those things. So, um, yeah, some of that I was able to pick up. Um, and yeah, just pleasantly surprised by the stuff that I've been able to pick up for my um, focus collecting this year. Um, you know, something for each of the things. I think for the, the coins, um, you know, finishing up that Droids Ewoks prototype, um, prototype coin run, um, never expected to do that. Um, you know, it was, probably, it was only like a few of those coins around. Um, but yeah, one kind of showed up and uh, was able to complete that set. Um, you know, the Boba Fett run pretty much finished the US run with a, a 41 back, which had been eluding me for several years. A um, couple of nice Luke, Luke Jedi items, I think a two pack and uh, a, a Palatoy Luke. Um, which I'd also been searching for, uh, kind of been on my most wanted lists. And then I think probably the most successful year was for Yoda items for me. Um, just tons of stuff that I never would have been expected to, uh, never expected to even find. Um, essentially completed the Yoda US run, um, the Canadian run, and a special offer, you know, cantina set with Yoda from Canada. Um, a Yoda two pack. So all of that stuff and, you know, finding any of those things in one year, um, but to find all that stuff in, in the same year. And then even bigger, I think the, the, the Darth Vader run, uh, Darth Vader case run, um, you know, finding that special offer bounty hunter case and the, the baggies that went with it. That was just um, amazing. Probably one of the biggest highlights of the year. Um, so a lot of people to thank for that, including Justin, who messaged me about 20 times on my phone <laughs> <laughs> when that was happening. So uh, to get that IG-88 baggie. So um, yeah, I mean, it's probably been one of the most incredible runs for hard to find items in my, in my focus collecting in a long time. So uh, it's, it's been a great year for that. So 
yeah, I really should. I really should have kept better track of a lot of stuff. But this year, there's been just so much stuff um, here and there that came so unexpectedly, and from just people messaging me um, here and there. Um, you know, in a year without actual meetups or you know major events, that that's pretty incredible. Um, yeah, I mean, Star Wars has been the silver lining, I think, for many of us in 2020. So. Uh, yeah, it's been, it's been fun, uh, in, in that respect, 2020 hasn't been fun, but for star Wars, you know, with the clone wars, Mandalorian collecting, it's been great. And Tony, you mentioned, you know, you set three, three things at the beginning of the year that you wanted to track down. Is there, I'll go around, you know, maybe limit to three, limit it to three, or it doesn't necessarily need to be about collecting either. You know, what, what are you looking forward to in 2021? Um, well, I guess working on that list from, uh, from the beginning of this year, um, uh, I, I really want a Death Star playset uh, that's either sealed or, um, you know, open with unused contents. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, my only other really major goal um, at this point is to go to a show, whether it's Toylana, Columbus, Cincinnati, you know, I just want to go to a show. <laughs> normalcy <laughs> yeah <laughs> justin yeah so i kind of publicly made made a post a, a few days back um of a couple runs i want to get get into this year and um blake morgan actually put together for me uh, a micro collection set uh, of all the loose figures um he, he had a bunch of duplicates he was trying to get rid of them and i said hey look man if you can complete that run I'll, I'll buy it from you. And so he agreed on a price ahead of time. Uh, I went ahead and paid him. And then he spent part of this pandemic hunting down the figures. So, so he got me the, the, the painted set not too long ago. So I was thinking uh, this year, something fun to do would be try to, to match that with an unpainted set. And, and some of them are quite difficult to find, but you could typically pick them up $10 or less. Uh, so I, I've started that, that run for this year. I also said I was going to try to start, I know I would not complete, but start the Power of the Force coin set. That is until I found out that the Power of the Force Luke Jedi coin is selling for $200, uh, which I think is absolutely absurd. So I might put that run on hold for a while because I think like a, a Beaterman on card is less than $200. So why is the coin going for so much? So I'm not sure what's going on there. I, I might need to do some more research. So those are two goals, just kind of new runs I wanted to put together this year. And my third goal is something we've attempted in the past, but this is club specific. And this probably won't happen this year, but I would like to get the planning done. Uh, I'd like to, for it to coincide with the next feature film release. Um, but I would really like to get the club to work together, to put together, uh, work together in putting on um, a display at a museum somewhere in Georgia. So I've already actually been doing some groundwork with this. We'd actually had attempted to do this at the Center for Puppetry Arts, uh, but just some things didn't work out. So <clears throat> laying the groundwork now, uh, putting together a presentation. Uh, I want to make the presentation, the, the pitch, a lot better than we did for the Center for Puppetry Arts. I'd like to get some more of our local collectors involved. But one of my uh, long-term goals for, for as long as I've been collecting was to get the stuff on display somewhere for the public to see it and appreciate what I think is, is art, you know, uh, between the packaging, the sculpts. Um, 
from vintage to modern and that's a goal is to try and get our get it lined up so we can uh get some stuff on display somewhere yeah david so i'm a hugger and it's been a long time <laughs> i uh i just I, I miss I miss the handshakes and the hugs of just being in the and, and the conversations of being in the in the in the room with people, um, and so for me the number one goal is to get it back to that point where we're able to do that. Um, hopefully masks off as well. Um, one of the things that I'm working on, uh, which I came up with uh, around Thanksgiving, and, and I'm trying to do it in in uh, the Empire State Club. Um, and would love to expand it uh, to, to include Georgia as well. Um, I'd like to do a Thanksgiving in whatever month we can get back together, you know, and just uh, find a place, whether it's like a BFW hall or, you know, uh, someone's house or whatever. And we all get together, everyone brings a different dish and we celebrate uh, the Thanksgiving that I think many people didn't have, um, you know, so for a goal like that, uh, but I think the main goal, as far as not not items, but just um, just in the collecting world, um, I started when the pandemic hit. I started doing this this thing uh, with uh, a friend named Tyler Fedigan, uh, where um, you know, we call it the Kindness Initiative. And the idea is, you know, once a month, or um, you know, hopefully even once a week, you know, we try to to reach out to somebody within the community or to do something special. Um, and I really want to ramp that up this year. Uh, and I, I think, you know, I try to kind of pose a question to myself going into every year. And I think the, the, um, the question this year is what can I do to touch another person's life or, or, um, how, how can I show kindness in the, in the, in the biggest way possible, you know? And, and I, I think for me, that's, that's the driving force, uh, as far as collecting, um, Last year it was to get a <laughs> switching over, switching gears. Last year, um, one of my goals was to get a, a, a black series hard copy, and uh, just managed to to happen. Um, this year it was to get uh, something wax uh, for for modern, uh, and and that happened I think within the first month of the year. Um, and, and then you know the the it's always you know the goal is always to try to get an Ahsoka piece, and and this year has been. Um, plentiful uh and you know for what ahsoka is uh but my goal is to get uh an ahsoka hard copy um for for modern i think and to add a few pieces to the force awakens run a few pieces to the uh rogue one run and uh some some uh some hard copies for for clone wars um and there are a handful of characters that i would just like to have that example for i love the hand-painted stuff um so that's collecting and, and life goals. And Orion, do you have any? Um, my biggest goal is normalcy. <laughs> <laughs> um, just to be able to meet each other again, you know, whenever. Um, you know, I, I, I think you know. I think Glenn mentioned this before, but just. When we see people face to face, like at a meetup in Christmas, we see how special that was um, and, you know, how much you miss it. And um, it really is amazing that, um, you know, we've um, been able to somehow get through this year, you know, without a lot of, you know, just in-person contact. Um, 
but it just makes it all the more special when it actually happens. Um, you know, so, you know, look, I'll try to go to as much stuff as possible. The annual, if, you know, uh, ICCC, you know, as long, you know, obviously as long as it's safe, but um, gosh, I think we've been waiting so long for stuff like that, that, um, you know, I think that's what we've been yearning for as much as anything, um, you know, so it's definitely looking forward to a time, you know, when we can do that safely. Um, and yeah, give everyone a hug, just like David just said. So um, it's, it's been so long. Uh, so that more than anything. Um, I mean, as far as collections go, like I said, this year, I never expected to get the items I, I did. So, you know, whatever comes is, is fine. Um, you know, what, what am I actively looking for? I don't, you know, I, I always like, it's hard for me to ever come up with these lists. I think I mentioned to Justin maybe a few weeks ago, um, you know, what am I looking for now? And I'm like, well, I don't know, off the top of my head, you know, a Trilogo Yoda or something on an orange snake, um, a Kenner cattle, one of the early Kenner catalogs. But to be honest, you, you, it's, it's more the surprise of what sort of comes up and what people, you know, send you. Um, yeah, so I, I, I think that's what makes collecting fun. You just never know exactly what will catch your eye. And so I, I'm just just looking for interesting interesting times and just uh, interesting uh, items as you, as, you know, as the future holds. So. How about you, Glenn? I just want to be able to shake somebody's hand and give them a hug where, you know, you're not to reiterate whatever. It's just so weird because you have no clue what right now, how, how to introduce yourself to people. You know, it used to, you shook their hand, you gave them a hug. Now it's like, okay, do you want to bump fist? Do you want to, bump elbows i want to get rid of that um yeah i mentioned man i hope toy lana happens this year because it's in our backyard um yeah going back to shows going being able to hunt stuff again um uh, if, if i have to check off a couple of things i like the bootleg ceramics i'd like to get a leia and i'd like to get a chewbacca because i've got the uh they made a r2d2 a yoda and a darth vader um i'd like to get you know like i said the chewy and the and the leia version of those um still hunting down the phantom from uh galactic heroes which is going to be my white whale now which may never you know did they ever make it i don't know um so that that, it'll happen it'll happen with your help david and i know it'll happen happen. uh (laughs) so those are and it's just right now it's whatever catches my eye like narayan said it it, you're looking for those oddball pieces that uh you know whatever <laughs> the odder the better with with my collection right now uh jason how about you man because you haven't said anything yet yeah i have to echo what everyone's kind of saying it's just seeing people again um i was really excited about the annual this year uh because i am a new yorker um from syracuse you know syracuse plus star wars equals my jam i bleed orange and blue and i also bleed star wars and so that, that I'm really looking forward to, and I hope that it happens in 2021 because I, I will be there and I want to see everyone and looking really forward to that. Uh, Jason, we just to update you, uh, I talked to Fonz last night and um, Fonz said, it's not, it's not if, it's when. So it's on. 
did he say like a guesstimate as to when because I, my mom's still up there and she wants to see the grandkids and i have to make all these i'm trying to you know align the stars at all yeah no i you know we we really have to see you know what yeah, happens yeah. but but uh it's just nice to know that that you know he he would if he could he would have it tomorrow and and yeah. that is just a beautiful thing so yeah i'll reach out to Fonz and just say hey i know you're you're you know planning thousands of different things you know you're doing a thousand things to plan for this event. And, you know, if you can add one to the end of that list is just to clue me in as quickly as possible. But to uh, borrow a phrase from, from Justin here, gentlemen, we did it. I want to thank everybody here for uh, participating today. Um, do you want to, does anybody want to pitch or, or plug anything before we take off? David, you have to plug your podcast, man. Uh, I, it's such a good podcast. Um, please, please, Tell everybody how to find it. Yeah, uh, yeah. First, Glenn, and I truly mean this. Glenn and Jason, and and, and really Justin, uh, all uh, Ryan, uh, Tony. You got you guys are. It's it's wonderful. You know, getting a chance to uh, to do this with you, uh, and also thank you for your support. Uh, you know, on the Georgia page, uh, on your on your podcast as well. Uh, you guys have always been you know really supportive of the podcast, and it's uh, it's just it's a fun project. And uh, so it's called Star Wars Prototypes in Production. Um, and we just, we look at, uh, I look at the, uh, the, the trips that we go on, I try to do recaps of those, you know, and, and, uh, collectors conversations. Uh, so yeah, thank you. Uh, Star Wars prototypes and production. If, if, uh, if you're looking for a podcast, that's, uh, you know, that that's collector based. I'll plug, uh, Atlanta vintage toys, uh, for those of you that are local here, Jason and myself have been doing that a little over a year now. Uh, we got a booth at Peachtree Peddlers down in McDonough, and we just uh, last couple months we've added four glass cases. Jason put up some new walls, uh, slat walls, so we can have pegs and stuff. And um, yeah, come check us out. A uh, lot of vintage, all all toy lines, uh, even some modern stuff too. So Atlanta Vintage Toys, you can find us on Facebook. I have nothing to plug. <laughs> <laughs> well thank you I'll for being here 2021 the year we yes. made contact yes. <laughs> <laughs> let's not bring aliens into this <laughs> unless they have laser swords <laughs> yeah and obviously pitching the club which you guys always do here on your podcast but for anybody that's local in georgia uh gaswc georgia lines of star wars collectors make sure you find us there on facebook um you know we're doing doing good things at least trying to yeah and uh you know as always you can email us at uh smugglers galaxy at gmail.com uh if you got any questions we're still waiting on that first email <laughs> but uh <laughs> <laughs> we'll get but there we love you. yeah we'll get there we love you guys and and we appreciate every guy every all of you guys joining us today for this uh round table of, of 2020 retrospective and Thanks, everybody, for listening and downloading the podcast. Jason, you got anything else to say? No, I'm disappointed <laughs> that the Prince of Nigeria hasn't emailed us yet, either asking for money. <laughs> uh, but no, this is the way. That's all I have to say. Yeah, awesome. All right, guys, anything? We, to, we normally close by saying this is the way. I'll say it. You guys want to join in or you guys something, you know, y'all want to say. But uh, thanks, guys. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the, the way. way.